Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions! You like that? You like that? I like that. Welcome in. This is DTC. My name is Joe. I'm joined today by LP and FP. Boys, there's so much happening in DC. Of course, we're in the center of all kinds of different controversy. Of course, what would it be around Ashburn and around these parts here in DC if the team wasn't in turmoil to start the season at any point in the season, really? It's painful. It's always painful. But the reality is, this is our reality. And I think everybody's come to terms with it. I don't know why we still cheer for this team. I think we all have to be honest with ourselves at some point and say, is this really worth it? Is it worth it to continue to have our Sundays ruined? Um, and, and I think at times, LP, I think you've said, like, you watch on tape delay. It helps you to disconnect sometimes from, from the game in real time. It doesn't ruin your family life. It doesn't stress you out. And I totally get that. And honestly... I've done the same in years past, and if it wasn't for this show and for being, you know, constantly creating content around the football team, yeah, maybe I wouldn't do it either. Maybe I would watch, like, the game recaps on, on Google instead of the entire game, but here we are. We're sitting here after, you know, it was probably the last winnable game for several weeks. The Saints come in. Jameis Winston looks like the second coming of Tom Brady or something. I mean, he just comes in and lights this team up, dinking and dunking it to start, and then... You know, the, the taking advantage of a safety who can't play safety. And, and like, I'm a, I like Landon. I've cheered for him. I, I've, I always thought he was an interesting type of hybrid Sean Taylor-like safety, except he didn't. He never had the speed, never had the speed. But he would hit people, right, back when the NFL was, you know, allowing players to hit each other on defense. You would get geeked up for some of that stuff. He can't cover. I don't think he could cover FP. I think FP could probably take him, you know, with a, with a 30-yard head start, probably scores. So... He's constantly out of position. I don't know what Jack Del Rio is doing. The defense is underperforming, or or maybe not. I mean, Ron this week on local radio, and we'll play the clip in a little bit. He he just came out and basically said maybe we shouldn't have. And I, and I know I'm not taking I'm not trying to take it out of context, but anytime the coach says maybe the playoffs last year was not a good thing because it it set the expectation too high, that's kind of a problem. And you know and and you know FP you and I now going back several weeks, it seems like the day after. Ron quotes, we end up doing a show called Ron quotes to break down seemingly what he just says. Like, this isn't Carolina. Like, people actually care here about this team, unfortunately, like us. So we actually hang on some of these words. And when the coach comes out and says, it's supposed to be hard, the seven and nine maybe was misleading. That's tough for me to hear as a fan. It's tough for me to hear as a supporter of this team. And I don't want my coach saying that. I'd rather, I, I mean, I know he doesn't want to kill people publicly, but you can't you can't come out and say that. Like, it just it just really bothered me. I mean, again, FP, like, it would just add it to the wrong quotes in the sound bank here on the Roadcaster. But you tell me what you thought when you heard that. Because I my jaw dropped. It's like the third or fourth week in a row, Ron says something that makes me stop and think, like, what? what what's he doing? Yeah, I, I've gone on record a few times now. I hate sort of what Ron is telling us. And, and me and LP got into this, like, I hate how Ron comes to the DC media and essentially treats us as if we don't know what we're seeing like on we're Carolina. Yeah. Oh, not, not just that, but something needs to be addressed or changed. And Ron just comes out here. Like you could tell he gets himself hyped up 
before talking to the media and and prepared to shut down all the BS, which I mean, fine, fair. We're we're a toxic market, but you got to give us something more than oh, uh, it's hard. Seven and nine, it's it's hard. Yeah, we we know it's the NFL. Give us something. Tell us what is going to happen or or what you would like to see happen or anything. You don't I, have I know. To, Just lie yeah. to us. Tell us you're going to meet with with uh, with with right. Del Rio and you're going to try to come up with something exactly. different. Anything. Don't give anything. us your actual moves, but just give us something to chew on while you go do whatever it is. Let you're me, actually let me, I'm just going to play the clip and then LP, I'll bring you in here to comment on the same thing. Just just listen to this, because personally, I heard anger in his voice. You, you tell me if you hear something different. He knew this question or this line of questioning was coming about the poor performance of the defense. He pivoted by himself into this playoff, non-playoff talk. But just just give this a listen. This is on local radio here on, on the fan here in D.C. Listen to this. What's happening? We're trying to get past these things. We're trying to focus in on what's truly the development of this football team for the long run, not an overnight fix. Okay? Right. I mean, you'd almost want to say, man, I, I wish 7-9 and nine last year wouldn't have been good enough to win the division. That way the expectations would have been much lower and have been a little bit easier. Right. This is hard. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be hard because it's the only way you learn. Did you know? I mean, LP, what what do you think? I mean, I know you heard it live too, and we were all texting each other in the WhatsApp, in the DTC WhatsApp chat. But I mean, even listening to it now, I get pissed off. Like you, your coach can't say that. Uh, see, I'm on the I'm on the opposite side of you guys. I think this is perfectly fine, and it's if you think about it, it's 100 percent accurate. Our defense was completely overrated last year. If you take a look at the schedule of who we played on the home stretch, starting in week what 12, 11, we played the Bengals where uh, your boy got hurt. We played Dallas with Ben DiNucci. We played Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger. We played San Francisco with who the heck knows well, their, who like their quarterback Steve. was. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, okay. And then you played the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. You lost. You played the Panthers with with um, Teddy Bridgewater. You lost, right? And then you played Philly, who played, um, you know, they would have won if Hurts would have played the whole game. So name a good quarterback that this team beat at the end of the season last year, this team, that, this defense was completely crazy. overrated from the beginning. Okay. It, the the I mean, expectations this is, this should been, have never been, been high. Steve's point from the beginning, right? Is that the, the team, the defense was statistically overrated, took advantage of a very favorable schedule that was even more favorable because the quarterbacks were terrible. I get all that, but just, I mean, look, forget about last year for a second, just isolate what happened, what's happened so far this year. They almost beat a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert. And, and you can argue that they were in that game until the very end. And Justin Herbert right now is an MVP candidate on a team that is, you know, I'm, I'm not to bury the lead. They're in my top five this week, and we'll get to that in a second. This team has gotten worse every single week so far in the season. And against Jameis Winston, they had an opportunity to get right, and they didn't do it. Not only did they not do it, they, they actually looked even worse. I mean, you, you can't draft Jamin Davis and, in the first round and have him play 15 snaps. You can't he, do that. He's not ready. He's not ready. He played you 12 have games in college. It's a first-round pick. Then pick someone who can play. He right? shouldn't have been drafted there where he was. And there's a reason why no one else won't pick them or even thought about him. But, but he was rated. I mean, he was rated. He was rated by Pro Football Focus, I think, in the pre-draft. I went back and looked this up a couple days ago. He was rated as a fourth rounder. Fourth rounder. We took him with the 16th or 15th, whatever it was, overall 17th. pick. Yeah. That's really yeah, tough. It was, a, it was a terrible move. And and the thing that you guys aren't harping on, remove the schedule, remove the difficulty, remove the performance of the defense. Your head coach is saying it seven and nine raised expectations, and all of a sudden the, the franchise or, or the fan base has high expectations. Your expectation as an NFL head coach should be 
we're going to get into the Super Bowl in the, the or, or the playoffs every year. What is he aim? Is he aiming for 500 right now? Even if in, in a rebuild year, is he telling us that he's aiming for 500? Because that's not good. I need the head coach to aim for better than 500. Yeah, if we got and, and seven the, and nine this year. Aim for higher. Don't be like, my, oh man, we, we we got to seven and nine, and now your expectations are crazy. How how does that make sense for an NFL head coach to be like seven and nine is crazy to 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 say or or whatever it is seven and ten this year. Come on. He, he doesn't he doesn't owe the media the truth. He doesn't owe the fans what he actually thinks. What he owes us is well, improvement week after week. Why not? Because he doesn't line my dad like when he gets pulled them. over by the police. We pay that guy's salary, right? Without the fans, without the fans in the stands, there's no money. Without the TV rights, there's no <laughs> like it's all connected. So he, maybe he doesn't again, he would have well, been better I, off I think, lying in that scenario than than doing the seven and nine bit. Maybe he just fired from the hip. Maybe I don't know. Like that entire that entire interview on the junkies on, on local radio here on the fan was not a good interview, right? And every well, week he comes in like he's combative. It's getting worse every week. Yeah, he is getting course. worse every week. He is getting because, worse. This is because the performance is getting worse, and he's he's being that asked defense, the tough questions. That defense and, is. I mean, we we can debate who has a worse defense right now between the Chiefs and the football team. I mean, and that's right. crazy to think. The Chiefs are statistically the Chiefs the worst. are worst. I know, I know, but we're not good enough on defense. But our offense is not yeah. better than Mahomes. Yeah. So the, the line, the, the is, line is moving all over the place. Uh, you know, ahead of Sunday, but five. yeah, we expect the top five. We're sitting at bottom two. Like, but I think it, in, in hindsight, it doesn't matter. Us expecting top five was incorrect. We should have expected. 20 look, to 25 look, and, look at and this. thought right. that well, was an improvement. If, okay, but aver- if we're not even an average defense. Yeah, remove last year you've, you've and how good same, we did with Chase. Yeah. The year before, we weren't 32nd in the league. Same guys up front for the majority. We right. weren't worst in the league the year before Chase. So Chase's second year to drop all the way down in a second year of a newly installed JDR system they are it legitimately no worse. They are fundamentally worse. They well, are statistically worse. FP and I were talking about this yesterday. The pass rush is ranked second in the league, which doesn't make any sense. How can your pass rush be ranked second, but your overall what, be in, 31? In I mean, in, in number in number of in, snaps played, maybe? Because they can't get off in, the field? In, <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah. it's laughable. They're, they're I, second in rushes, and you're, you're 31st in, in coverage. Which makes perfect sense. You're not going to get your rush to be productive, truly productive to the to the naked eye via sacks or anything like that. If every quarterback on his first read sees a receiver wide open with ten yards of cushion, it's never going to happen. Herbert, but they also drafted all of them. They also drafted corners that are more man coverage. Like they prefer to play man, and they're playing them in zone. And again, the safety. I, I don't know, like. The safety play has been so terrible. You've got to make a change. You've got to make our, a change. But if you think about it, the defense was terrible last year, really until Landon Collins got injured. Agreed. You put in Everett, you put you in Jamie you, Reeves. I mean, okay, you put then, in, he doesn't, then he shouldn't be on the field. I'm sorry. I, like I know you got a lot of money invested in him, and he wants. Yeah, I know he wants to be there. You know, I want a lot of things in life too, but he's making you worse right now. Ron needs to make a statement, and that statement needs to come this week, and that statement needs to be, I'm benching. XYZ he won't do it. Star. He won't do it. He won't even acknowledge that JD that you know that that Del Rio needs to make he won't even acknowledge that his defensive coordinator needs to make adjustments. No way. 
There's no way. And, and frankly, there's too much noise surrounding this team, and we're going to get to that in a second. Unfortunately, it's a sports podcast that has to talk about an email, uh, you know, an email leak from X number of years ago, and we'll do that in a second. But before we pivot off the football team here, just where do you have them ranked right now before we do before we get into top five, low five? Do either of you have them in your bottom five right now? I don't. The defense personally. or the team? The whole team. The team as a whole. The whole team, because they're carried by the offense right now, I would give them high 20s. Yeah, I got, the, I got them at 19 right now. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle, and I definitely reached on a couple, but I got them at 19 myself. Yeah, I mean, LP, do you have them in your yeah, bottom, I, bottom I, five? I think I have them in my bottom five. I'm not sure they win another game. I mean, this uh, I mean, schedule they may end is up in tough. the bottom five. Yeah, I think they will end up in the bottom five at some point. Would so I put them there now? I, I wouldn't you, put them. I mean, the, you got the Lions. The Falcons are pretty bad. And there's a lot of bad. Give me your low there. five, LP. Give me your low five. The Jets, the Lions, the Falcons, the Jags. I mean, that's close. I don't have the Fal- yeah. I have the Falcons just outside. They got they got a couple wins. The Colts. No, no. Although after the Colts, last night, they look after competitive. Monday night, the Colts are are closer to being. Actually, yeah. you could throw the Dolphins in there. Time. FB, who's in your bottom five? I mean, bottom five, Jaguars, Texans, Lions, uh, Jets, Dolphins, if you want to keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my bottom. Easy. I mean, the Jags are the worst team with a coach that doesn't even want to fly home with his team. So, I mean, that's that's a whole other right. story. And our our friends down in Jacksonville have been – it's been actually really fun to listen to them talk about their coaching situation and that team because they are, they are worse. They're in a worse spot than we are. But I got the Jags the, the Jets worst are in team, a bad the Giants, spot. Giants, Lions – Jets and Texans kind of all clustered together towards the bottom. I mean, I'm, I'm always, but, I, but again, some of these teams have played better in spurts than Washington has. Um, again, Washington, it's, it's such a weird team right now. And, and again, the schedule doesn't get any easier and the chiefs have a, a an extremely um, soft defense. We'll try to be polite here that the offense should be able to take, you know, advantage of. I just don't see how the defense can get off the field. I mean, who you? I mean, who who is going to guard? Who is going to guard Tyreek Hill? Nobody. Nobody. Who, is, who's going to body up? Who's going to body up the the next the other receivers or the tight end on that team? Look, the the silver lining is it's easier for a defense to get right than for an offense to all of a sudden start scoring points. That's the silver lining over this entire season. The other silver lining is we just saw the Bills manslaughter the Chiefs. And if the coaching staff and and Ron Rivera and the players took any sort of note from that Sunday night game, it's very clear how you defend that Kansas City offense. Two deep safety, jam Tyreek at the line, get in Kelsey's face all game long. That's yeah, but the rest Washington has miscommunication issues. The number one thing that Kansas They're City will kill you on is miscommunication. Pointing, the linebackers, everyone's literally in the secondary, linebackers in secondary, the, before pre-snap, everyone's just pointing at each other. You know, and I was joking on Twitter a couple days yeah, ago. They're the pointing Superman to see... Meme. They're all who, pointing at each other. They, well, they're pointing at each other. I think they're... I mean, I, I mean, if we were going to do one of those, like, uh, voiceover things, I think it, the conversation would be who's going to help Landon, right? Like, who, who <laughs> just pointing at each other. Who's going to help the safeties, right? Because they're not... They got nothing up here. I mean, it, literally, just blitz them every down at this point. And just pray for the best. But, yeah, you're going to get burned anyway. He's going to get burned anyway. He's going to get burned anyway. You're more you likely to have burned. Tyreek drop the ball than Landon cover him, right? And that's that's an 
you know, I'm going to, you know, mark this, right? <laughs> like, this is one of those things that just unfortunately is true. The best, yeah, if you're a football team fan, if you're a WFT fan, you, we have a better chance of Tyreek dropping a deep pass than Landon being able to cover him or catch him and bring him down. And that, that's or, just the unfortunate Or Tyreek pulling a hamstring on a 90-yard 90 90-yard pass. Yeah, maybe that's run. what Del Rio needs to do is, is don't let him cover run. him, let him run too hard, injure himself, and then come out of the game. Like maybe that's the defensive strategy going in against the Chiefs. Who, who knows? But FB, you mentioned the Bills. Let's talk about the top five here around the league. And I'll give you... Um, we can go one to five. We can go five to one. It doesn't matter. But, you know, give, give me your list and I'll give you mine. I'm, I'm curious where we are. FP, you go first. My list would be Bills, Chargers, Bucks, Rams, and it hurts me to say this, Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys are in my, in the top, in my top five as well. It, LP. It kills me to say it. Do you have your top five? I'll give you mine. I'll, I'll give you mine. Let me, here, here's my list because mine is pretty close to you, FP. I got... I got the Rams at five. I think that team is well put together, well coached, tons of offensive firepower. Deshaun, I mean, it just loaded, loaded, loaded. And at four and one, they look good. They look really good. I think that team is going to be there for a while. Razzle, Razzle picked them in, in our preview show a couple weeks ago. They're living up to the hype. That's, that's a really good team. Number four, I'm going to go with the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, once they got right offensively, they've never looked back. They can hang with just about any team in the, honestly, they can, their, their offense is spectacular. I mean, they've got stud receivers. They've got a, a more than capable studly running back and their quarterback is going to be one of the, one of the stars of this league for the next 15 to 20 years. He just looks amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing. And you know, Last year, oh, would you rather have Chase or Justin? I don't think there's a, any person in their right mind that would say, give me a defensive player over a franchise quarterback, which this this franchise here in D.C. has lacked for, you know, for our entire adult life, basically. So I've got the Chargers at four. At three, I've got the only team that beat the Chargers. Or is it, sorry, the only, yeah, the, the one loss, which is the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they're a good team. And I think here on this show in particular, while we cheer for the D.C. sports teams, I think we can objectively look across the league. I think we all love football, and, and we can look at it objectively. The Cowboys are an extremely well-balanced team. They can run when they want to run. They can throw when they want to throw. They've got deep pass-catching options. They've got, they've got possession receivers. And Amari Cooper is not even at 100%. Dak is 100% back. Zeke can get his yards in, in a multitude of ways. This is a really good team. And defensively, they don't have to be amazing. They just have to be average or better. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to run away with the East. And I, and I think, really, this is one of the better teams, top to bottom, that they've had in Dallas in probably 10 years, maybe yeah, maybe Dan, even longer. Dan Quinn turned that defense around way faster yes. Than, yes. than JDR doing whatever the hell he's doing here. Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Number two, I got the Cardinals, right? And and generally, an undefeated team should, should stay at the top. That's the Bill Rowland rule. However, I can't do it because the Bills just – they look so complete. That Buffalo defense, that package when they run the three safeties out there, no one's completing passes. No one's no one's going to complete passes for more than seven, seven to ten yards down the field. They were able to stop the Chiefs cold. They were, they, I mean, literally, that defense is just awesome top to bottom. They've got arguably right now another candidate for MVP behind center in Josh Allen. He just looks awesome. The team is well coached. I think, I mean, this is, this could go, 
They, they could go all the way. This team is, I mean, they, they crushed the Chiefs. Crushed. And the Chiefs, frankly, at two and three, they, they could be one and four right now. I mean, some of that cutesy stuff that Mahomes has done in the past that, that gets them all the, the golf claps and, and accolades from the talking heads, it's not working. Right, yeah. right now, it's not working. He doesn't have... Teams, teams are figuring that offense out. Yes, yes. Andy will make adjustments, and he'll, he'll exploit the bad defenses, such as Washington's, and they'll get... Right. I, I expect them to win. But the Bills are just so much better than everyone else right now. And it makes me feel a little bit better as a football team fan that, you know, we didn't lose by 50 because... That's a really good team. I mean, they lit us up, you know, but Heineke was able to get a couple points back, make it look a little bit respectable. Um, that Those are my top five. So I got recapping five Rams, four Chargers, three Cowboys, two Cardinals, Bills at one. Honorable mentions, Packers, Bucks, Ravens, all at four and one in whatever order you want. Um, I, I don't think Lamar can sustain what he's doing. He's a one. He's must must watch TV every time he's on the field at this point. He made me so much money on Monday. Yeah, well, yeah, we could talk about that too. But LP, <laughs> give me your top five. So I picked uh, the undefeated Cardinals as my number five spot. Um, yeah, they're just they're just a, a solid team all around. I just don't know how how long Kyler Murray can can put these numbers up. I got the Ravens at number four. Lamar Jackson, I mean, his stats are just off the charts. He's He has more yards for himself than half the teams in the NFL. And they're just they're just a solid team all around. And then I got the Rams, Matt Stafford, huge upgrade there at quarterback. Fits the system perfectly with McVay. They'll be able to score points against anybody. Then I got Tampa, just old Tom Brady, 44, 45 years old, still going. And then... Of course, the Bills at number one. They're the most solid team. I mean, just overall, all around, most solid team. But I do see them being a solid regular season team. We'll see if that translates into the playoffs. They get to play in Buffalo with Bills Mafia cheering them on. Uh, no one's going to want to go there, especially if the weather's in, like. No one's going to want to go there. They got to figure out the running game. That's that's probably the 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 thing that they do the worst, right? But you don't need to run when you've got guys like Emmanuel Sanders, who's, you know, his resurgence in his he career. Found his youth. Yeah. 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 Well, also, if you factor in Allen as one of their running options, their yeah. run game is fine. It's so. a it's a really good team. I'm curious where you've got the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders have been the topic of conversation now for several days. Where do you have the Raiders in your list? I mean, I, I've got them somewhere around where the where the Washingtons are. You know, somewhere in that 17 to 20 range. I'm just curious where you guys got they, them as well. They were top 10 up until last week. And then it just kind of started spiraling downhill, started on the field um, with their primetime game. And then obviously with the, the Gruden, you know, leaving and, and now they got, you know, 75 year veteran uh, Biasco, whatever, running the team there. Yeah, I mean, it, so it, it's, it's going to be a disaster. They're, they they're, started off. The, you're right. They started off fast. They looked they looked OK. They have a Derek running back Carr who doesn't like up. They have a running numbers. back who doesn't like to get hit, which is an interesting problem for a running back. Josh really doesn't <laughs> like to get contact at any point in time. He, he's, you know, I'm, I'm, I like him, but I don't know how Josh, I don't know how much longer Josh Jacobs is going to be on that team or in the league if he does, if he can't man up and, and, you know, hit people Lower back. Shoulder. Basically, he just yeah. doesn't want to get touched. They have no wide receivers on the team. Offensively, they have a stud tight end, an above average quarterback. You could argue Carr belongs in the top 13 to 10 range, maybe. But obviously now with the off-the-field stuff, and I think we have to talk about this at least a little bit, 
they're going to regress. And Gruden came in here on a 10-year contract and, you know, was basically given the keys. And and for better or for worse, we're dealing with the same here in D.C. Like, Rivera was given the keys, right? And he just hi- starts hiring all the Carol- – like, it's the it's the Washington-Carolina franchise up here, right? Everybody comes over from the trainer to the coaching staff, the backup quarterback. It's all the same thing. Gruden went in having been out of the league for several years and starts basically trading away all their pieces, right? He trades Amari to the Cowboys. He trades uh, Mac to the to the Bears and slowly starts rebuilding that team. I think he's in year four or five, and then emails come out, which the Washington franchise are central to an investigation, which, <laughs> again, like we, we can't get out of our own way here. But Gruden is handled it very poorly. I'll say that. And I have a clip here I want to play of one of the talking heads on ESPN, uh, Stephen A. Smith, talking about it too. Because the initial was there was an email where he said something about something. And um, I don't want to get into all of it here. But the folks that had worked with Gruden on TV came out and said, he's definitely not a racist. He, in the past, when some when he felt like somebody was lying to him, would call people rubber lips, which I guess, okay. I don't know how you go from rubber lips to Michelin tires, right? I mean, it's uh, that's a that's a stretch, and it's rude. I don't know if that makes you a racist, but it's at least it makes you not a nice person, and it, it's not something you should be saying anyway. It was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, whatever it is. Fast forward, it comes out. Gruden has an opportunity at that point, just like everyone else, when, when the cancel mob comes, to make a decision on how he's going to handle that. And in my opinion, he handled it extremely poorly. By telling people he didn't want to talk about it anymore, by telling people that he called D. Smith and took you know took care of it, et cetera, et cetera, by turning it into trying to explain it away with the the the, the rubber lips thing, bad look all around. Tried to ignore it. You can't ignore it with this type of stuff. The only people that successfully cancel the cancel mob are the people that one are actually sorry and apologize, and two acknowledge it and then move on. You can't ignore it and move on. And the initial feedback from most of the talking heads was, it was a long time ago, maybe, maybe this, maybe th- maybe not. Give him an opportunity to respond. This is Stephen A. Smith on ESPN uh, yesterday, actually. Listen to this, because he, he started one way and ended another. But I'd like to get both of your thoughts on this before we uh, unpack this topic just uh, a little bit more. Give it a listen. Of the mindset that John Gruden shouldn't be fired, shouldn't be suspended, because... It was one email from 2011. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, this avalanche arrived last night. Mm-hmm. And you learned that it wasn't one email, but many. You learned it wasn't one email that happened in 2011. It was emails that started in like 2010 all the way to tw- 2011, all the way to 2018. And let's get into the particulars, because before I even say all of that, let me say this. John Gruden's career is over. It's over. There's certain things that we are the land of second chances. Mm -hmm. People make mistakes all the time, and we get all of that. But I cannot imagine even a white male with influence and connections and some degree of power that can overcome what the New York Times reported and what we all now know. So FP, I don't know if you if you heard that in real time when it aired. Um, I heard it in real time. It was on a few times the TV was just on, and I heard it, and I went back and clipped it because I thought it was a very good, very reasoned, very balanced take from Stephen A. Smith. The initial reporting was X, and based on X, 
he needs to apologize, do some damage control, um, talk to D. Smith directly, and then talk to his team as well. Then all this other stuff starts coming out. And on top of that, he handled it extremely poorly. And I think Stephen A. made a very good point towards the end there. Like, I don't know how you come back from this. And I think he's right. I, I don't think he's employable on TV or in, a, in, a, in an official football capacity at this point. Just curious what your thoughts are. And then obviously, if you have thoughts on, of course, the DC franchise being involved in this mess as well, um, as the emails do, the emails are back and forth between John Gruden at the time, not employed by the NFL, and Bruce Allen, the GM of, at the time, the Washington Redskins. Just curious for your thoughts. Uh, he should have handled the very first email issue with so much grace and, and effort to come out in front of it, knowing that he did those other emails. Not knowing they were going to be leaked, but if you're John Gruden... And you know, oh man, there's an email leak. Oh man, I've definitely said some stuff over the last 10 years. He should have put all his effort into coming out in front of this way before the leaks happened. The leaks in and of themselves are fascinating to me. And it's fascinating the way the NFL is using these emails to essentially pick and choose which ones they want leaked, when they want leaked, and what they want sort of the collective world or media to do with those leaks. The NFL has so much power right now, blackmail material with these emails. They can they essentially went to Davis of the Raiders, and they're like, look, you didn't do what you needed to do. Here's some more material. Here's a couple more emails. Let's get Gruden out. For whatever reason, maybe the commissioner was butthurt that he heard that Gruden called him some names. I don't know. Maybe it's vengeance. Maybe it's not. But the NFL right now has power with these emails. John Gruden 100% eradicated. The Buccaneers already took him off the, the ring of honor or whatever in the stadium. It's, it's fascinating to me that even though Gruden wasn't employed by the NFL, he it was still tied into it. And getting fired for an email for something technically not illegal to me, blows my mind. Wrong or not wrong, what he said, being hurtful or not hurtful, he got fired for something that's not illegal. That's interesting to me. I can't disagree with you there. I mean, you can't... It, it was in poor taste, right? And and I don't like to 100%. call people racist. I think that term is thrown around way too frequently to describe things that are not actually racist. I think this comment was borderline. That's my opinion. I think he again the real damage was how he handled it after yes right yeah. he, he could have he could have handled it a multitude of different ways none of those should have been i don't want to talk about it that's not how you do that not in 2021 when the the blue check marks and the cancel mob are coming for everybody seemingly for everything they'll come after us for this right and that's fine i don't know if he i mean he should have lost his job because he sh he demonstrated that he didn't know how to handle a very difficult situation. Not because of comments from 2011. Again, had he, had he apologized to D, D, would, D, D Smith probably would have come out and said, yeah, everything's fine. We talked about it, right? That didn't happen because Gruden right. didn't take the correct action, right? So, you know, and, and I, I don't like to do the conspiracy theory bit, but why is our team involved in this? 
right? And and the, what's the larger question here? Why was there an investigation that turned up these emails, right? And LP, you're giving me the nod. I mean, I, I, I know you agree with me. What was happening in Washington that required an investigation into 600,000 plus emails? And why in all of those if, emails- If are we there only, was no written report, where is this email coming the report? from? Bingo, bingo. Where's the report? Where's the rest of this? You're telling me after 600,000 emails, the only thing we learned is that Gruden made a disparaging comment about an NFL official? So far. So far. Should the NFL be allowed to sit on whatever else they've uncovered? Where's the pressure on Roger Goodell? People are so up in arms about Jay Gruden or John Gruden and what he said, rightfully so. What about all the stuff that Roger Goodell's hiding? Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't, but again, he, that, that's, he's the commissioner, right? He, 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 yeah. he oversaw the investigation. That but how can the NFL unwritten allow, report was delivered to him? How can the NFL allow Deshaun Watson right now, who's accused of things allegedly, to remain employed on a roster for something that is, I would argue, more serious? Being being accused by twenty four people of doing things that are illegal is more serious than an email. That's just the reality. How is he employed and allowed to represent the league as an NFL player, even though he's not playing? But Gruden gets canned, and 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 I want to give credit to to Clay Travis on this thought as well. The halftime show that is performing during the Super Bowl this year. Lyrically, every single one of them has far more offensive lyrics in their songs than what Gruden typed out in an email 12 years ago. Yeah, it it blows my mind that somebody can get, again, in trouble for saying mean things. At the end of the day, he got in trouble for not even saying them typing out mean things he wasn't behind a hot mic or anything he was typing an email to a buddy gets in trouble for that when you still have richard sherman three weeks ago domestic violence he's playing for the niners antonio brown 800 different things happened over the last three years with him he's still out there on the buccaneers after winning a super bowl still on the field and and goodell look Roger Goodell, he he has no obligation to release these emails. The NFL is not the government. If the NFL wants to say, middle fingers to the world, we're not going to share any of this, NFL is well within its right to do so. And you, you can see it. You can see it by how the emails are getting used and leaked that the NFL is protecting the NFL. They don't want all of a sudden is it, is all 32 Is it possible that someone owners, in Ashburn is the one behind this? I mean... Is there a one percent chance that it's it's actually Ashburn falling into their Ashburn ways to def, to deflect attention away from maybe the the pending release of the results of the investigation? Isn't it possible that this is actually like maybe Dan wants to take out Bruce? Could, could it be someone who was formerly in Ashburn who's taking out the rest of the league? Scott I mean, McLuhan? it's it's, it's <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's I mean, there's a lot of. There's so much to me that is interesting about an investigation that produces nothing. And then all of a sudden, there's emails being leaked about... Co- like a, I mean, as far as the investigation is concerned, Gruden is a random actor 
in these emails. He wasn't employed yeah, by the he NFL. He was not the subject of the investigation. Correct. So for someone to see that and then leak it, it has nothing to do with the football team. It has nothing to do with Bruce Allen. has nothing to do with the cheerleader stuff. This is completely separate from all of that. And at the time, Gruden was not employed by the league. I don't even think he was on the... He wasn't even on the football broadcast at the time on Monday Night Football, if I'm not mistaken. But so he, was it a personal email? Yes, it was an email. Well, it was his email to... to but it wasn't... A, was it a company email address no. that he's sending no, from? No, 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 no. Personal no, no, no. Gruden email. So, so, so he's... Right. Yeah. So, somebody, so he's in trouble somebody, for I mean, something he did in his personal life. Yeah, we say this in IT all the time, right? It's it's like like walk it like explain to me the cust like the the chain of custody. Like where did it go first, and then where did it go? Where did it end up last? Somebody went through a lot of emails looking for things specific to, we'll call it um, poor behavior on behalf of the Washington football team franchise as a whole. That that the investigation was open into the DC franchise. Someone along the way saw something that Gruden, John Gruden, had typed out in an email to Bruce Allen and leaked that. It had nothing to do with the investigation. And that's why, to me, it seems almost malicious in intent. Like somebody targeting Gruden for some reason. FBU kind of alluded to this as well. He is not involved with the team unless they were recruiting him to come be the coach here, maybe at the time. I can go back and check the timeline. I know for at one point, Dan definitely wanted him here. Bruce wanted him here too, right? When they were rebuilding the the Buccaneers in D.C. Maybe that was the context. We, we don't know, right? We can go back and look. I don't remember that back that far to, to remember what Bruce's official capacity was at that time and if Gruden was being recruited or not. But my point is somebody saw something and leaked it with, I think, with some very specific intent. And there's more emails, right? And if this, this there's no way, let me, let me ask it this way. Do you guys think that this is the worst thing that we're going to learn from this investigation? 100% no. Yeah. No I, way. And it's, it's almost, be, it, it, yeah. it depends on how much the NFL is going to sweep this under the rug and try to they keep. They can't. They can't. Like in 2021, even, even five years ago, when Goodell tried to handle, if you remember, like Ray Rice. Remember Ray Rice's situation? Yeah. When the NFL tries to just do it on its own, it usually can't. I mean, go back even further to Roethlisberger, who had an incident, and Ray Lewis, who had an incident. If those things happened in 2021, given social media and the propagation of information today, there's no way the NFL can keep that stuff under wraps and doing their own in, in, internal investigation. No freaking way. No way. Well, the problem is this story is is gaining traction, has legs outside of sports media and, and sports figures. Yeah, it's right? a New York so, Times. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So when you have New York Times, Satellite News, CNN, whatever actual big Associated Press news journalists covering this it gets that much harder for the nfl to essentially sweep it under the rug and you can almost see that they they wanted this swept under the rug and it's and i think roland said this or or lp alluded to it that the whole name change that came down from the nfl to dan snyder was a hundred percent in return to cover up all these emails the nfl is essentially like look we have six hundred fifty thousand emails it's going to scorch the earth for all of us in the NFL. Majority you, Dan Snyder. We need to give some sort of peace offering out to everybody else out there. That's the name change. And that's 100% why Dan all of a sudden caps, I'll never change the name to, all right, yeah, we're changing the name. That was the switch right there. It was those emails that would essentially 
has the potential to take down the NFL in today's it's, world. It's unfortunate. Again, like from my perspective as a fan of this team, we can't get out. Like in Ron now, who, again, if you listen to that interview in full on, on local radio, Ron basically was like, guys, that happened before I was here. Right? He, he's going to punt on it, as he should. Like that, I'm right. not going to kill him for it. Like he's, he, he can't be asked to talk about things from 2011, 2012, when he was employed by a different franchise. That's not fair, right? And I think we can be, again, objective and fair about it. But he is here now. And he is here, as, and he was here when the team decided that it was going to change the name. And he has the fortunate, or I guess unfortunate, job now of being the, the, the transition captain from what was to what is going to be. So all of this matters, right? The RV investigation that is ongoing, that matters. The team's stinking, that matters too. The fact that Curtis Samuel is maybe rushed back and then the trainer is suspended and then Curtis Samuel is out now. Those are very, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not accusing anyone of wrongdoing or anything, but at the surface, they just it's a terrible timeline of events here that this team has to, this coaching staff in particular, and I'm not a fan of the nepotism. I've never been a fan of the give Shanahan the keys and he can do everything. Give Rivera the keys, he can do everything. Give Spurrier the keys, he can do everything, on and on and on. That's only really worked in two or three places historically, one of them being New England. It's never worked elsewhere. It's such a bad look. So, yeah, Ron's not responsible for what Bruce did 10 years ago, but he's here now. Right, and if the name change is part of that effort, as you're alluding to, FP, then yeah, he's he is involved, right? He is involved. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. But I want to end the show on a positive note. On a positive note, let's let's put all this misery behind us for just a moment and talk about a franchise that has actually won something here just a couple of years ago. And I am talking about the Capitals, who start their season tonight here in DC. Yes. Alex Ovechkin is a game-time decision. Um, first time I think in my career I've seen a hockey player be a game-time decision because they always play missing teeth, missing eyes, whatever. They're always out there on the ice. But he is a game-time decision tonight. FP, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this team heading into this season. The core five or six players have been here now for four or five years straight, maybe longer, right? This core, even though the team, the, the ancillary pieces are still young, the core of this team has been together for a while, including that championship run, the, the Stanley Cup run. What do you expect out of this team this year? And I mean, I, I'm excited for hockey season to start and basketball is just around the corner too, but what are you looking forward to from this team tonight? You know, I think the game starts in about five hours from now, but I'm just curious to get your thoughts. It's a big night here in DC. It's, it's a huge night. So for the first reason, we're facing the Rangers. Tom Wilson lives rent-free in the Rangers' head. All their off-season moves, every single physical player that they signed, it's all in retaliation to the fights from last year to the egregious acts of violence that Tom Wilson did it's against so the egregious. Rangers. Yeah. Right. It's, so tonight's going to be a chippy, dirty, very filled with power play game. And it's going to be so fun to watch. It's going to be amazing to watch. The team as a whole... Hold on, hold on. You would expect... How many minutes before Tom Wilson gets goes to the box? 13 seconds. Okay. I was going to say, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take somewhere happens. between a minute to two minutes before he lays somebody out. Puck drop, power play within the first minute, 
And the refs are going to let it happen. They're going to let the chippiness get out early. It, it's going to happen. The team as a whole, you said it, the, the core is still there. You would assume goaltending is going to get a little bit stronger from last year. And then all the guys just sort of buying into Laviolette's system and, and how he wants the team to, to work after his, his second year here. You would assume the team will always compete. They're always going to be right there at the cusp or inside playoffs easily. The issue is the rest of the Metro has gotten significantly better. So it's essentially like playing in the NFC or the AFC East as the Patriots in their prime to all of a sudden, everybody now is the NFC West. Every team is competitive. That's essentially what we're looking at right now with the caps. I'm wondering if you have a, if you have a thought on this as well, the, 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 the Capitals lost one of their young goaltenders to the Kraken of uh, uh, Vitek, Vitek, yep. Vitek, and then traded back Vitek. for him because they, mm-hmm. they were like, no, he's too important. And they actually traded back for him. So I don't know if he's starting. I don't think he's starting tonight in that, but like, I'm, I'm curious to see what this team, I mean, they, the average age of, of the roster is actually on the lower side, even though the core four, five, six, whatever are a little bit older. Um, you know, and the topic that I think is going to come up throughout the season is what do they do with Ovechkin long-term? I mean, I think at this point, like he, he deserves the career achievement award type contract where he's, he needs to retire a cap. That's my opinion. And whatever he needs to get paid, Leonsis should just pay it. Well, I mean, Ovi reps Ovi, right? So today, Agent Ovi was like, yeah, I'm a game time decision. You can put that on the Twitter. His exact words. Is he going to play? If I were a betting man, I'd say, yeah, 100% he's going to play. Maybe not a lot of minutes, but he'll be out there on the ice. And then Ovi just doesn't want to take away from the focus of the season. So after the season, he'll go and he'll be like, look, I want to stay cap." pay me whatever you need to pay me to st- keep me on this team, but keep the team competitive. He's essentially like a Tom Brady. He's not going to go out chasing the money. I think he wants the rivalries that he's established to stay the way they are. I think he wants to stay on this team. And I think he wants the, the one two fight against Crosby and the pens and, and just all that stuff that he's built his entire career for. He's going to want to maintain that. And especially because he got drafted with Crosby I think Ovi looks at it like Crosby's still with the Pens. I'm still with the Caps. Let's let's push this all the way through. And I think ultimately that's his goal. I I don't see him ever leaving this team. Yeah, I mean the Capitals are the opposite of the Wizards in many regards. Even though it's the same ownership team, right? I mean the Caps they start their season tonight. The Wizards I think start in a couple just a couple days. I mean it feels like it's around the corner. Um, LP, I know you and me and uh, and probably Razzo are probably gonna get on a show and and do a, a full preview of of the NBA season at large. I mean, a lot of moving pieces, but I'm, I'm, I've been monitoring your chat or your, your messages in the, in the big DTC chat. You're kind of, you're, you're sleepy impressed with uh, like you're undercover impressed here with what the wizards have done. They're deeper than they've been in five, 10 years. I mean, yeah, sure. I kind of like the one superstar team. I think it may actually work. Well, if the superstar is going to be able to play, right? I mean, that's something we're going to have to cover. I mean, you see what's going on with Kyrie, right? Like the the yeah. Nets basically said you can't you can't be around the team now. So, and he's threatening to retire if he if they trade him or or if they continue on this, right? So Beal, a couple of weeks ago, we brought it up. Like Beal didn't want to do the he didn't want to get the jab, and um, I don't think that's changed. So it'll be interesting. I mean, the NBA is going to have to figure out how to deal with this, right? Like you, it's maybe the Capitals and then and the NHL will need to do the same, but the vaccination rate in the NBA is extremely low. Like as a, as a league, it's going to factor in 
to wins and losses directly and indirectly. Beal yeah, also, also DC rules. Correct. For employers. Lo- exactly. Localities are going to factor. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the Wizards probably win 10 games if Beal is not dressed and able to play. Maybe. But I agree with you. I think there, there's some pieces there. And Rui, I don't know what's going on with Rui. I hope he's okay. I mean, Rui, if you're listening to this, Rui, I hope you're you're okay, buddy. Like we we want to see you on the court for this team here. We we love you, but not sure what's going on with Rui. He's back. He, he's back yesterday. He's got to go through his waiting period for being out of country, but all signs yeah. point to he's ready to go. Well, that's good. I, honestly, I didn't know I didn't know he had returned, so that's that's uh, that's news to me. But great, great. Let's get him. Let's get him back with the team, co-located with the team, and start working on stuff. I mean, that's. That's positive. I mean, the the whole you, generally when people shut down their social media, it's trending towards not something positive. So I'm I'm glad that that happened. That's good. That's good. But yeah, I think you, me, Razzle will probably do need to do an NBA, an NBA deep look or look around the league as well. I'm sure everybody wants to talk about the Lakers, but um, I mean, I have some thoughts on that team as well. Um, it, there may be too many stars on Brooklyn and LA. It's probably going to be another team. I think that challenges for the. For the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to that. But for tonight, it's a Caps night. I know Stevie and Matt are planning to do a baseball show. Baseball Matt and Baseball Steve, they're very excited about the playoffs, which have been a ton of fun to watch. A ton of fun to watch. We've got two 100-win 100 100 teams facing off tonight. One of them will not be playing anymore. So lots going on all over the sports world. Thank you so much for hanging out with me, with FP, and with LP. Our show is called Defeating the Curse. You can find it on all platforms. Just search for DTC or Defeating the Curse. Also proud member of the Contender Network. Check out the Contender app for all things DC sports. Streaming all day long, commercial free. We're happy to be part on that platform and part of that Contender family as well. But for now, my name is Joe. For FP, for LP, for Stevie, Razzle, and the entire crew behind this podcast, we appreciate you listening. Check us out on any platform where you get your podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Until next time, we are out.